Welcome to Strategy International, a podcast produced by PodMTL that brings you insightful conversations with experts from all over the world on topics related to international relations and policy, security, defense, environment, and much more. And now, your host, George Santrizos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Strategy International podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. Um, for those who don't know or that are here for the first time, uh, Strategy International is, of course, a global think tank that brings together uh, experts from all over the world discussing issues related to international politics and policy, uh, security and defense, technology, environment, and much, much more. We're dealing with experts from all over the world that bring a wealth of knowledge um uh, to this uh, global think tank <clears throat> speaking of experts we have two today this is the first time we have two guests on and uh, very happy that we have them both uh to share their knowledge with us as well we have professor dusko tomic and professor elder saljik um both senior consultants here at strategy international uh professor tomic is uh, a senior consultant with respect to risk and energy management uh, emergency management sorry and national security over 20 years experience in the area of disaster risk uh, prevention and uh, risk management of emergency situations uh, member of the commercial crime bureau of london member of international police association uh, Professor Elder Saljit also, uh, Saljic, also a senior consultant at Strategy International with respect to criminal justice and security, a criminologist specializing in policing, security, as well as terrorism, has published books on terrorism and security. We're going to have a great discussion today, uh, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Welcome. Thank you for your calling. Thank you very much, and we are happy to be with you in this your uh, great idea to make all those podcasting. It's a, it's a great initiative. We're doing well and we're getting a, a lot of feedback from uh, from uh, from different people and from all over the world, which is fascinating to see. I mean, I'm in Canada and you guys are, are in Dubai and it's great that we can connect this way uh, and just have discussions on a number of topics. And for everyone interesting, you can visit Strategy International at strategyinternational.org for uh, further information on Strategy International, as well as some very interesting editorial uh, pieces that have been published, including one that has been written by both of you. Um, with respect to the conflict that is happening in Eastern Europe, we've had many guests on the podcast uh, with whom we've discussed this matter. And I'd like to pick your brain as well, uh, just to see, uh, you know, the, the different uh, aspects that you can bring to the discussion uh, with respect to the expertise you have in domestic security. Um, you know, Ukraine and Russia uh, is quite particular because, and from the discussions that we've had with previous guests, even though everyone kind of expected this conflict to happen because of the mounting tensions that have been ongoing for a number of years, there have been many that have thought that on a sociological uh, aspect, it was completely uh, unimaginable to have Ukrainians fighting with Russians because of the similarities of these both nations. I'd love to have your take uh, on, on this conflict and, and, and how you've been analyzing the situation over the last year. I think that you will start first with me, am I right? Sure, go ahead. Anyone, anyone who wants to answer. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, I think this kind of the, the conflict uh, is result of uh, one of the biggest hybrid war, warfare that we have uh, in, in the past. 
and this kind of hybrid warfare have uh, his culmination with the annexion of Crimea, you know. And after that, uh, all these things are going faster because geopolitically, situation are totally start to develop and to, to be changed like in the past. Uh, understand? First of all, uh, we uh, we didn't have a weakness of uh, Soviet Union. We, uh, we now we have very strong uh, opponent of uh, policy of United States, which is in the uh, role of Russia. Russia is very close with with the China and uh, these two countries uh, will make all these kind of differences what we have in, in the past. And uh, we need to accept these kind of changes in the, in the, in the global moment, but of course uh, with huge respect that uh, also the United States have a leading position, we understand that. Um, my opinion is that uh, um, always European, when they follow the idea, like idea of Zezinski, that uh, you need to go, to, uh, if you want to have a, a control under the Russia, you need to go, need to go to the borderline uh, between Russia and Ukraine, or Russia and and uh, potentially Poland or something like that. This is kind of always which they make kind of uh, wrong perspective. If you want to uh, keep Russia, you need to uh, to go from the soft line. You know, soft line of Russia is in Asia. Not soft line of Russia is not in Europe. Always they will protect the way to Europe. Always that will be a kind of. Uh, totally defense and when you have totally defense everything is possible to expect to expect uh, maybe to to use every kind of the weapons every kind of strategy every kind of uh, movement and uh, i think this kind of how they call on one side special operation uh, but i will say uh, aggression not special operation aggression because they attack on the sovereignty of uh, Ukraine, and this is uh, kind of the war, and this is uh, against the international law and uh, against the rules in the uh, United Nations. And, uh, of course, everything, uh, what was happening in uh, Ukraine uh, will affect uh, the global situation in the other countries. But... Um, Always, when I want to say, when we want to speak uh, about Ukraine, we need to always to see the global pictures because all the process on the world is in a specific process of the moment. Look at the Latin America. Uh, with the wrong policy in, uh, in Venezuela, they lose the Venezuela. Venezuela is on the cross the line with uh, Colombia. Colombia is now in 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 winning situation is Petrus. Petrus totally changed the policy of, of, of Colombia. Very close to Colombia is now, for example, Brazil. Brazil also coming with Lula on the new position and start to be very close in the BRICS like in the past years. And uh, potentially, maybe they will continue this activity with Argentina because Argentina always have 
freeze in conflict by Maldives and Falklands with Great Britain, you know, they will start to increase the fire in uh, in all the other regions. But if you will go to Asia, you must see the strong soft power what they produce, China. China is now with Russia in progressive activity in Africa, for example. And uh, if you will, uh, always in Europe and in uh, North America, we're thinking about, about Europe, we will lose the picture in the other part of the world. Especially, we will lose the picture, for example, in, in Africa. For example, China had very special agreement with Djibouti. I think that you heard about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that agreement with Djibouti, China already have possibility to use Djibouti like their, their port, but not only like a port for the ships. They use Djibouti like naval bases for all military ships and all submarines. If you have something on strategic point, what is on the Horn of Africa, means that you will control Swiss Channel on one on left side, and to control the Indian Ocean on, this, uh, on the second, uh, on the second si- uh, side. What means you will go out of China seas and you will come to Pacific and to Indian Sea. This is something what is on strategic level, potentially will be something what will change our focus and our opinion. And this is the reason maybe I'm going uh, too long to, ex- to express some things, but I think that uh, all the strategies are not uh, use the complete picture, what we have now in the world, only one sequence, what means Ukraine and Russia. Mm-hmm. You want to speak, so this kind of the, the, the problems, you need to have whole picture, and after that, to see the sequence. Because, not forget, there are, uh, on the other side is very potentially very uh, strong. Uh, uh, what, we, what what I will say, enemy. If we will call him enemy, or if we will call uh, the president of the Russia, because don't forget that he is a former intelligence officer. Mm-hmm. What means every time when intelligence officer are coming in kind of preparation, always they receive enough and quite good information for every single place when he wants to attack. That was story from Zhukov. That was the story from the other Soviet generals, which they use this kind of tactic when they want to attack. The Kurz battle, they win in that battle because they have better intelligence information and time when they need to attack and to win in that victory, in in that uh, that battle. It's very interesting the approach you're taking where if I understand correctly, if there had been an approach basically to um, to create better links with Asia, perhaps the approach with Russia would have been different rather than to have a direct conflict with Ukraine. But from what we're seeing, though, the doors have have also been very closed with Asia, especially with China uh, and with the Western world. We're seeing very, uh, you know, recently uh, w- with all the, the the negotiations around the South Pacific partnership that is happening, where all the countries there have partnered up to kind of seclude China and to find themselves a way of controlling that region with the influence of the U.S. So we're seeing again a door close on that front as well. Um, how possible do you think that would have been to kind of 
try to appease China into influencing Russia uh, in, into quieting down its its activities in Eastern Europe? Uh, the role of China will be, I think, uh, progressive in the day which they will coming, first of all, because China is the biggest um, uh, the biggest trade uh, uh, trade uh, deliver what we say the trade the partner with the United States you know daily they they have a change of uh, of uh, all single potential materials uh, in amount of three billion dollars what means around the year the change in process between these these two countries around the trillion dollars. What means uh, China have very strong involvement in all kind of decisions. Uh, what is related with the, with the United States and for United States, uh, China is the biggest potential problem in the future than than Russia. But uh, China in this moment have this kind of the possibility to negotiate and cooperate with Russia because both of them are members of the BRICS. And uh, secondly. They are very close in relations with several things. China is one of the biggest buyer of uh, gas and oil from Russia, and also China is one of the biggest buyer of weapon from Russia, because all Chinese uh, tanks they using Armada platform. What is the new platform of uh, uh, of modern tanks M90 Russian modern modern tanks? And uh, they cooperate also in th- this kind of missile systems uh, because both only these two countries they have very fast hypersonic missile systems now in the in the world, and uh, also they cooperate in the other things, especially in developing new drones and the new uh, the other activity what is related to them. And don't forget that. China is kind of proxy country if we if we will see the problems uh, with uh, Iran, you know, because uh, Iran and China they have very progressive cooperation. For example, uh, maybe you didn't know that uh, the gold from Venezuela, which they produce in Venezuela, uh, the biggest buyer is is Turkey. Turkey uh, uh, sale this uh, uh, gold to Iran. This gold are not finished in Iran. This gold are finished in China. Mm-hmm. In vice versa, they receive they receive uh, engine machine for the missile system uh, which they have uh, in uh, which they have in Iran now. What means um, uh, as usual, like in the past. China have now very specific and dominant role, and uh, China wants to show their soft and also they they hard power. But China played the game now with the soft power. In that way, when we speak about the soft power, you must know that the main platform in Russia now is not uh, iPhone platform. The main platform is Huawei platform. What means uh, you understand that the, these two countries, if you want to have Huawei platform in your country, means that you want to have close relations with this with this country. 
and everything what is related with the relations with the China, especially with Putin and Xi, is related to have good cooperation, but uh, not significant, uh, significant uh, cooperation for the others. Uh, this kind of uh, cooperation will be potentially cover on intelli intelligence and government level, and they don't want to show too much to 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 news to media system how they cooperate, but they work very hard, and <clears throat> this kind of work is uh, really close, and this is something what we really need to analyze and to have like uh, elements. Uh, to analyze if we want to understand the global security situation. Elder, uh, Elder, just a question for you, because, I mean, we're seeing this partnership, obviously, with Russia and uh, and Asia, not, not necessarily with China, obviously China being the biggest partner there, but there's other countries as well. Uh, India also took a more neutral position uh, in this conflict, and they have a, an equal role to play in that uh, in that situation as well. But we're seeing that all these sanctions that the West imposed, thinking that it would have a significant impact on Russia, uh, we're not really seeing it uh, unless we're seeing it very little because Russia just turned around and continued doing you know, business as usual with other bigger economies. Uh, and it, it feels more like Europe has been suffering uh, than Russia, especially on the energy front and uh, in other technologies as well. Uh, how do you how do you see this conflict kind of evolving? I mean, most of the experts we've spoken with uh, think that this is going to take a very long time. Um, uh, of course, the questions on whether or not Ukraine will be able to sustain the conflict. I mean, nobody really knows. But from uh, you know, from from the perspective of you know global relations, East versus West. Uh, are we in in a much more difficult situation than we had initially thought a year ago? Uh, don't forget that these things are not happening ad hoc, you know, and Russia did not make decision to attack on Ukraine by night. So mm -hmm. definitely they had the strategy, they prepared this a long time ago and they get uh, ready they know that that they will have they will be imposed on different types of sanction uh yes completely agree with you that they are not presenting that they are suffering and this is the part of the strategy if you present if you show the the people that you are suffering from different uh type of su sanctions so the the morality and the the the, the all all those things that they are planning definitely will not will not succeed yes i i totally i i think that they are suffering with and they uh, they give them a huge impact but again they very well calculated and they're very well ready for those kind of uh, 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 negative negative act, uh, actions from Europe and United States related to the sanctions. Uh, as as the part of their strategy is def uh, definitely part of their negotiation uh, with Europe and with other countries, and as you mentioned, is uh, with India and other and, and China. So they they had a long time ago idea what they will do, what they, and how they will do, and I think they are very very well prepared for those uh, uh, sanction and those any actions uh, against them uh, creating the bricks and uh, making the bricks to to be functional and to uh, deliver
deliver the fruits. Uh, this is one of their strategy. And definitely now they are using the benefits of creation and supporting the BRICS. Don't forget that during the creation of the BRICS, China was not a superpower country. Now we have an, an India and we now we have the China becoming the superpower country and they established a good relation with, with Russia. So uh, if you... From perspective of Ukraine, definitely they are suffering. Both all all of us we are suffering uh, due due this uh, uh, conflict, due this issue, and every single country is uh, suffering with different from different perspectives. Uh, the question is how much we are ready, how much we get prepared for this, and how much we are prepared for the future steps. So for these things, definitely we need to use, uh, we, we need to analyze, but I think that only good intelligence agencies are aware what's really happening in the field and what's going to happen in the future. So definitely uh, Russians are ready for this and they have some negative uh, uh, impacts, but they are calculated and even they will lose maybe in some parts, but they are trying to get benefits in the battle or uh, creating another alliances with other countries and opening new new topics. There's another element in this conflict that has surfaced, uh, which is Turkey. Uh, and, and we're seeing the very delicate position that Turkey is in because they are the, you know, the connection between East and West. They are the country that has uh, obviously links with the Western world as a NATO member, but also very close with its uh, Asian uh, allies. Uh, and there's been a lot of discussion now about you know the enlargement of nato with uh, with uh, with finland and um, and uh, and uh, and sweden uh, and norway uh, uh, no sweden i think and uh, and the role that turkey has played in this sweden uh, and finland uh, sorry finland. in finland yeah uh, and the role that turkey is playing in the, uh, in this situation to the point where we're at a stalemate uh, because of that one country and the request that this one country has. And a lot of experts are arguing that there's a direct link with the conflict and the relations that Turkey has with uh, with Russia. Uh, and, and that has definitely shaken the ground on, on which NATO uh, wants to certainly continue developing uh, uh, in, in Europe. What do you think of this situation? Uh, this question for me or Professor yeah elder yeah sure go ahead elder okay okay i think that the turkey is playing very well now uh, they are very well organized and they are uh, working on increasing their power so they are playing in this in during this conflict and they are really aware that they can have benefits so as you as you mentioned uh, turkey is a nato member country it's very in very good relation with russia we have from another side european union and United States, all uh, NATO members country that they are not in good relations. So they are using that they maybe uh, the Turkey, the Turkey time is now to get some their benefits. Maybe they are aware and they are using this in creating different different in implementation of different strategies. Uh, Professor Dushku maybe can more give uh, inputs because it is his field. Uh, yeah, Dushko, uh, what do you think of this? Uh, and I mean, this is not new. I mean, uh, Turkey's role uh, in the last maybe 10 years, uh, I would say probably from the, the, the beginning of the conflict in Syria, 
has been pivotal in making that link with Europe. And and we I want to talk to you a little bit about migration afterwards. But I, again, Turkey is at the forefront uh, uh, of this issue as well. Um, how do you how do you feel about this um, uh, the, the, this evolution uh, with uh, with uh, with respect to Turkey's relations? Do you think that NATO is at risk right now because of uh, what's happening in Turkey and the positions that Turkey is taking? Or do you not think that it's ever possible for NATO to to to, to kind of seclude Turkey? Because that would just mean the end of NATO. Uh, first of all, you must know that Turkey only have one goal. Turkey only is thinking about Turkey, nobody else. About, they don't have to think about anything else. They only thinking about their goals and their interests. Uh, in this case, uh, first, uh, first of all, uh, one big mistake in 2016, Uh, when was uh, cup against uh, Erdogan? Mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, this wrong decision of uh, State Secretary Kerry uh, make uh, this kind of, uh, I will say, disappoint uh, agreement between United States and uh, and uh, Turkey in in that time, and Turkey was. From 2016, very close with Russia, and this is the fact. Also, they start to invest uh, too much in this kind of Turkish pipeline, and when they start to invest in Turkish pipeline, the interests of Turkey increase. After that, they support this kind of the conflict between Azerbaijan and uh, mm-hmm. Armenia because. Only benefit from Nagorno-Karabakh, they didn't have these two both countries. They only benefit they will have for the transport of the energy will have Turkey. What means Turkey are playing the games what is always related to Turkey. Uh, uh, these two countries, especially Sweden, are recognized from Turkey that they support Kurdish Revolutionary Party, and this is the main things why they make this kind of disagreement for the Sweden to be the member of the NATO. And also, these things about burning the holy book Quran, what was happening in Sweden, also make this kind of conflict between Sweden and uh, Turkey to increase. To be honest, uh, Uh, I will no, not go deeply because I don't have enough information, but if this information will be significant with that uh, that some uh, the other countries they have interest to explore this kind of disagreement, maybe we will have answer on your question what you already uh, already make. Uh, I not believe that NATO will. Uh, We're losing the power, but some things in NATO uh, needs to be reconstructing. Um, and uh, already NATO makes some kind of the movement. For example, the bases for from Ilgirlik now are they sent to Constanza in Romania. And uh, if if You ask why they uh, why they said that? Of course, Romania is very close to Russia and Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. On the other side, 
when you have activity uh, against the, the uh, ISIS and, and Daesh in uh, this region, Egypt was very good basis for the NATO for all this kind of activity against uh, these terrorist activities and so on and so on. But, uh, you know, uh, Turkey wants to be one of the biggest uh, supplier of the gas in the future. And this is the reason why they start to make this kind of movement to the to the Bulgaria. And now they start to make this kind of the new connector, which they will uh, receive the 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 gas from Bulga- from uh, uh, Bulgaria will receive the gas from uh, Greece and from Turkey. What means uh, they will start to go to make kind of diversification to be important for diversification of the energy policy of uh, Europe on the one side, and also they start to collected um, how I say uh, collected the, all the countries which are uh, members of, of the former Osgood family uh, or Osgood Turks or Osgood Turkey in the past uh, uh, what means all these countries like Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, all these countries they start to collect it to be like a one uh, uh, one power in, in the future. Turkey, how I mentioned from the beginning, only started thinking about the issue of Turkey. Yes, about uh, migrants, they have three million migrants on the borderline with the Syria. Uh, this is a huge problem. This kind of the migrants, Elder will explain better in way of terrorism and an organized crime. Uh, are on the road to the Europe. But basically, did you know who make first uh, biometric uh, uh, evidence of all these migrants? Who was it? Serbia. Mm-hmm. Serbia, secret, uh, intelligence service and Serbian police, they make first evidence, biometrical evidence of all migrants which they come to the Europe. Uh, this kind of evidence, for example, show uh, many pot- potential informations for all the other activities, what was happened after after uh, that. For example, uh, in terrorist attack in uh, France, all the evidence of the people which they make this kind of uh, terroristic attack are related with the people which they have crossed the line of Serbia and come to Europe. But Serbia in that moment shared this kind of information to, with the Frontex, Interpol, and Europol. What means all security organizations, police organizations, in this moment they have similar and same information what they have, uh, what they have security system in Serbia. What means uh, uh, if Europe wants to have uh, a better security system? And needs to have uh, what we will say similar and stable security policy. Se- stable security policy means exchanging informations, intelligence cooperation, and the, the many other things. And they need to have uh, same stra- uh, strategy. For example. Uh, some people which are on the red list of Interpol, for example, for uh, one country, 
are freedom citizen for the other countries. Uh, this kind of uh, politics, they need uh, to change and they need to make the what I always want to say, the policy of the balance. The policy of the balance is something what is the necessary to be in, in, in the Europe. If we will um, see only on one eyes and uh, we will close one eyes, we will not have whole picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the this is a huge problem. And Elder will uh, explain this uh, this kind of relations with the terrorism and organized crime, how they use refugees uh, uh, in all these activities because this is his expertise. Yeah, Elder, uh, I, 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 I want to discuss this because we've been seeing this ever since the beginning of the conflict in Syria and how uh, Turkey has been Uh, at times blamed for instrumentalizing these migrants uh, to benefit from different negotiations with the European Union. Uh, We're seeing all these illegal or irregular migrations happening through Greece or through uh, Italy, mostly through Greece. Um, how, how How are the rest of the European countries preparing for this migration? Because obviously within these waves of migrants, we can assume that there are terrorist pockets. Uh, but obviously, in addition to that, there are just innocent people looking for a different life, right? They're fleeing uh, a war-torn country and they're looking for a better life, like we've seen in other years happening before that uh, in other co- uh, conflicts throughout history. Essentially, everyone is going into Europe. Is Europe prepared for this, uh, both on a demographic aspect Uh, if we're considering these people as new citizens, uh, but also from security aspect, if we're considering that there are pockets within these migrants that are there for other reasons, whether they're terrorists or uh, they're implanted for other uh, for other purposes, how is Europe preparing for this? Yeah, good question. Look, this uh, migration for us and for planet, for human, for countries is not something that is not unfamiliar you know we are very familiar and migrations are happening before happening now and will happen uh, tomorrow and in future so we need to make difference between two types of migration first of all everyone to understand we have legal migration and we have illegal migration and forced migration so there are this for this these types we need to clarify legal migration all of us we are part of some legal migration we are looking for new jobs we are looking for better life etc but again each of those types of migration should be analyzed from different perspective so every single country every single security system every single uh, government should be prepared for this kind of uh, movement because people are uh, if you compare from 1950 to 2023 the population on world on world population increase that maybe that for two or three billions so that's meaning that we having more people and that the, the migration are necessary so if we analyzing legal migration so this is more easy for the countries you know you go through the legal channel you're moving there is security check uh, everything is different and the country can can be sure where are you what kind of jobs you can have and cetera et cetera when we discuss about illegal migration this we are coming to the challenge so enforced migration so i will be focused now on your question regarding from syria from libya from all those from afghanistan from all those countries iraq that uh, are moving uh, illegally or by force 
to some other country. Analyzing international law, definitely we recognize this term because we need to give them the shelter. And uh, uh, as you saw that most countries are really happy to have them, but now they use them as a tool. What what I'm meaning when I say tool, like when we, you mentioned Turkey, Turkey used them as a tool to uh, negotiate with the uh, European Union, to use some benefits, to get some money and benefits in, for you, in them inside of Turkey, in Syria, and through, uh, uh, through the relation of European Union. Uh, what kind of challenges we are facing uh, now? So you have those people who are moving from one country to another. As you say, a lot of, of them are innocent people. They are just there looking for new, better life, new opportunities, shelter, etc. So as per international law, we need to give them, we need to support them. How much we are ready? I don't think so that we are so, so super ready and prepared for this much um, number of people that they are just coming to us. So that was one of the reasons why European Union on that time had facing with some challenges and they're starting to use the countries who are outside of the European Union on the borders, for example, Serbia, and they're supporting Serbia in getting those people and filtering in filtering those people so to uh, what what uh, with which reason to identify all those people that are coming there so identification is one of the crucial elements why because this open another pandora box this open pandora box regarding the people who are terrorists who are willing to move from one place to another place or they are organized, so they are using this as an opportunity to go from one place to another place to avoid this kind of uh, identification through the legal channels, you know, because there are a lot of people, a lot of terrorist groups, terrorist organizations or criminals who are uh, wanted by Interpol, Europol and all other police organizations. So this is another challenge. So we can, under we can analyze this from uh, economical perspective, how much the country in Europe are ready to accept all those people. This is one, one challenge. Mm -hmm. So how much we can give them, how much we afford to accept them. Uh, analyzing European Union, we can see that European Union are losing population. So Germany especially. So they are open. They are looking for new new young generation. So they want to keep, keep them there uh, and other countries. Uh, regarding the regarding the security perspective, this is the big challenge. Big challenge. Uh, you are accepting different type of people, and don't forget they are coming from the conflict, from the wars. So they are trained. Maybe some of them they are very well trained. So you are accepting some people, and if you don't uh, organize good security system that you will follow them, you will sur put surveillance on them that to be sure that those people are really came in in good and in positive manner in health and you know in good and another you have people who are there uh, as a criminals or terrorists and don't forget we have now we're opening the box of uh, human trafficking so this is also the, the the channel for human trafficking you know that human trafficking is the third largest uh, organized cr criminal organized crime and they had now 
open open uh, open roads so that for using the the the, uh, the using any type any kind any modus operandi or any type of human trafficking uh what professor dushku why mentioned and good that he mentioned that that uh, um, system of uh, registration of all those people so using using this kind of eye scanning and fingerprint scanning and etc. Why? Because a lot of, of them who are members of terrorist groups and criminal organizations, they have fake passports or mm -hmm. they have a real passport with fake with uh, another picture. So when you when you receive all those people with the same uh, faces for European and police officers, it's very difficult to do uh, 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 you know, face-to-face -face recognition, say, you know, this is not your picture, etc. So biometrical recognition, biometrical identification was one of the best first steps that European Union decide to do. And as you saw, they put the borders in uh, Serbia, in, in Greece, and uh, in uh, Bulgaria. So they have some filters. So just with the purpose to reduce the level of possibility that something's uh, some someone skip that definitely yes definitely they they fail you cannot protect one hundred percent because we speak about millions of people who are moving from one side from another side and one I will I will finish with this so and another side you have illegal migration so people who are uh, uh, moving illegally, illegal, but using their own channel. So not those channels that they are organized, you know. So not this tunnel. So they are using another channels. So they are entering in your in your country, and they are not registered. Mm -hmm. uh, those people are people who are uh, who have the money, who can survive, or people who are facing with. Uh, who are there without money. So who is now, in, uh, who have the challenge? The country that they are entering. So wh why? Because if they are not willing to register, they will start to do some crimes. Am I right? So they will start to do some crimes because they will need to survive. So and in Serbia, uh, we are facing with a lot of crimes that are uh, crimes related to them stealing, uh, properties, uh, you know, some small robberies, and cetera, cetera, and this is the challenge. So this is this is the, also the big challenge. And the, the last thing what I want to mention, they are creating their own subculture. You know, they are starting to be closed. So uh, they are closing their cycle. So they, we need to open them. We need to give them uh, a chance to to uh, assimilate to enter in the system. It's interesting that you bring it up because it leads me into the next question I have. From a political perspective now, so you have millions of uh, displaced people <clears throat> traveling throughout Europe. How will that change the political context in these countries with respect to these uh, to, to this wave of uh, people going into these different uh, countries? And there are experts that are thinking that politically there may be a shift in Europe where maybe societies may not be that accepting and that will affect the political stance of certain countries. Uh, I'd like to get your opinion on this because um, early on when this phenomenon was happening, we saw countries, for example, like um, like Hungary uh, and, uh, and Austria that had a much 
uh, tougher stance on accepting these migrants. Uh, and that's fine because maybe that was in relation to the political system that was established. But we're seeing this kind of uh, I don't want to say a trend, but we're seeing this pattern of more. Uh, it's not right or left, but it's more extreme it's more extreme politics towards these new immigrants coming in and that eventually politically it might change the the uh, the 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 ecosystem of these countries in Europe do you think that there's a possibility that this may happen that we were led into more governments across Europe that have a stricter stance uh towards these uh, these immigrants we're seeing it uh, recently in Italy as well uh, how do you think this political context will shift in Europe with respect to these migrants coming in? Look, those things are normal. So one, once you have government who are open for this, once you have government uh, that is uh, not open for this, so you cannot find on unity uh, on planet, you know, you are uh, always you will find some countries who are I want I want I like this I don't like this I don't want this you know this is like one family and in family you have different characters you have different approach different analysis different lives different views and cetera cetera so I will explain on this way so this is light explanation i will not go detail because we are not political uh, uh podcasting but yes it is normal but as a response to this you saw that european union did some shifting and they they make some channels and maybe uh, uh this is this is the, the the response and this is how they are uh looking they are uh, uh sending one message a message to uh planet yes we we can we are willing to accept we want to accept we we will not reject but there is some rules and procedures mm -hmm. and don't forget that a lot of people who enter even european union so they get expelled so this is another another right. part of story you know a lot of people are getting uh, are sent to their host country you know you enter you pass all those process you go through those uh, a, a hard time to enter and after that, they decide that you you have enough safety at your host country and you need to go there. So this is my light explanation. Dusko, do you think that economically or socially these European countries are prepared uh, for, 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 for these waves of immigrants coming into their country? Do they have the resources necessary to take care of them uh, and, and, and to, to, to give them what they need in order to assimilate or to integrate? Well... Europe is too much old country, uh, continent, what means they need new blood. Uh, I will be very, uh, very Machiavellistic uh, when I will speak, uh, when, I, when I will answer your questions. Uh, what is the final target? In this moment, Germany needs uh, uh, this kind of uh, new work labor power. Uh, same is situation with the Holland, same situation with Belgium, also with uh, Great Britain. Uh, but in the same time, they need to have uh, equivalent of uh, high-level educated uh, migrants, which they will come to their country to to follow uh, idea of. Uh, uh, 
to cover this progressive technology because they didn't have enough people which they will uh, which they will cover all these necessary things in progressing economy which they have what we have in this part of the uh, of the Europe uh, on the second side poorest country in Europe they have uh, kind of uh, politically I will say, uh kind of uh, kind kind of na- national phobia that the migrants will change the global situation about uh, about the official policy in that country they will uh change the life in that country they, i think the the platform of nationalism is kind of uh platform of not accepting the people because they already have enough people in in their countries. Uh, especially, I'm thinking about that about Poland, because Poland was so restrictive with uh, this kind of the policy, same like uh, like like Hungary, and also some countries they use proxy activity with that activity, uh, with that migrants. One of the proxy activity was from Belarus against Poland. You know. All these countries always they looking at their personal interest, the interest of that countries, and uh, always political answering on your question are related to the interests of the some countries. Uh, cheap labor is the interest of uh, of Germany, but this is not same interest of Poland. Um, Europe are uh, facing now so many different interests. And especially in the policy of energy, you have possibility to see this kind of uh, diversification of the interests of the some of the of the some countries and how they will change the situation. But I will say that Europe now the pay uh, for their mistakes in the past. Especially in energy policy, and especially in this kind of uh, what I would say, demographic policy. Mm-hmm. And uh, now uh, this these things are are uh, evident, and now we have possibility to see that. How is possible? For example, when we will speak about energy policy, I make kind of. Uh, I'm going on the other side, but how is possible one country to have? Fifty-three uh, percent involvement of uh, foreign countries with uh, natural gas in the industry. How is possible? You speak about diversification to the other countries. How is possible for one country to to use fifty-three percent of natural gas from one country? Yeah, that means who doing that? How they doing that? How is possible to doing that? And after that, you want to to make. Uh, Total changes, and now you have kind of confusion and interactions in in German political interaction in German, which they will go very soon to the security interactions, and you know everything what we not facing in the in the past. Now they will coming uh, uh, like a bill uh, in the pre- in the, in the present time. Um, what always my colleagues, especially Dr. Marius, Dr. Eldar, Dr. Cleantis and the others, we are always, when we are speaking about any kind of the problems, we always mention one thing. Security 
policy, strategic policy is like a film. This is not like photography. Photography means present situation with the present, uh, present evidence and not following what was happening in the past and what will happen in the future. What means uh, uh, now we are facing something, but also we need to, to have knowledge to understand what was in the past and how we will change now. For example, now Europe have opportunity to change this, uh, this energy policy with some countries, especially like with uh, Emirati, with the, the other things. But do you know what, what, they, what, what they want this uh, country from Europe? Long live agreements. This is not interest because this is not money interest of Europe to have long life agreements. But on the long way, maybe this is the good uh, agreement because this kind of agreement, for example, have China. China have, uh, in the past, they already have 20 years agreement with Qatar. Now they signed during the football championship agreement for the next 23 years. What was happened uh, with uh, uh, Emirati and Saudi? They have petrol UN agreement with uh, with uh, with uh, with China. Uh, something in global policy, what is related with the political issue, needs to be changed. Not only in Europe, you know, also in the other countries, and we need to have kind of uh, political economy and security reform in many things in the world. Interesting. And it opens the door to uh, a much larger discussion that we can have <laughs> in a later uh, conversation. I want to thank you both for coming on the podcast, uh, Professor Dusko Tomic and Professor Eldar uh, Saljic. Thank you so much for taking uh, your time and sharing your knowledge. Much appreciated. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And again, one last time, I invite you to go over to strategyinternational.org for all information regarding this global think tank and for uh, different publications. You can follow uh, Dusko and Eldar and everything they do. Uh, and all the links are going to be in the description as well. Thank you both so very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very thank much. You. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Strategy International podcast. Produced by PodMTL for Strategy International. Feel free to subscribe rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere fine podcasts can be found. This podcast is made for Strategy International Limited Cyprus. All copyrights reserved. This podcast, audio or audiovisual, may not be reproduced, duplicated, copied, sold, resold, visited, or otherwise exploited for any commercial, scientific, educational purpose without the written consent of Strategy International Limited and its legal representative.